Hello all, welcome to a little bonus edition for the Pink and Podcast audio feed. Dave Freezer here, just to tee up an interview that I had a couple of days ago with former Norwich defender Kevin Bond, player of the season winner in 1980, uh, played for Norwich and Manchester City in the 1970s and 80s. So I uh, thought he was a good man to have a catch up with ahead of Saturday's game at the Etihad and it was really interesting to hear Kevin's memories on his time at both clubs, uh, talk a bit about his his father's legacy at Norwich as well, um, who also managed at Manchester City, John Bond of course who sadly passed away in 2012, we all had that minutes applause for him at Carrow Road ahead of a game against Liverpool, so lots to, lots to talk about, lots to reflect on and also brought that into the current day, talking about Manchester City's squad, their pursuit of Harry Kane, the vast changes that the club have been under since Kevin played for them, um, and finishing off with a little bit on his thoughts on whether Norwich City will be able to survive in the Premier League this season, and he's a very well-qualified man to discuss that, of course, uh, renowned for being Harry Redknapp's assistant at several clubs, at Southampton, Portsmouth, QPR, Birmingham, uh, really well-travelled. Uh, chap in the game also asked him if he'd ever had the opportunity to to come back to Norwich so I thought there was plenty of interesting stuff in there and just thought it would be nice to to bring it to you in audio form so without further ado here is Kevin Bond let's look back then I suppose and um, back to your Norwich time and you had to be a little bit patient before you before you got your chance but um sort of 77 78 when you first broke in you, you were coming into a real sort of vintage Norwich squad weren't you yeah it was a good time but I remember it being a good time to be at the club um the club was very much on the up um um it, we had a lot of you know, I remember us having a lot of young, good you know potentially good Young players at the, in, in, the, in the, the squad at the time, or in, a, in the youth team ranks at the time, all hungry uh, to try and make their mark in the game. And, and I, you know, I sort of seem to remember us all sort of volunteering to come back in the afternoons and do extra training and and what have you. So, and and I think we probably fed off of one another a little bit. It was um, it was a great time. I was. A, good friends with Kevin Reeves who um, went on to do great things and Justin Fashnu who's a lovely and there was there was lots Greg Down lots of young boys who were trying to make their mark and break into the first team at that sort of time and it was a very you know the, the club was a very vibrant club at the time yeah. really vibrant club inevitably yourself and your dad are always sort of so strongly linked from from that spell what what was that like to actually actually play for your dad yeah, it was difficult. Um, it was di- difficult to begin with because I was a, um, you know, really late developer physically. I was a very late developer. I was right. very, very small when I was young, and uh, he actually gave me an opportunity to, as an apprentice when I was at uh, Bournemouth, pre- you know, prior to him going to Norwich. Mm. Um, and and in truth, he, he gave me an opportunity where I, I would have not got an opportunity anywhere else. And um, but it it wasn't just because you know he was my dad and. Um, he was going to give me a chance. He genuinely saw something in me, and and he, he thought that you know, I, if you can work on the rest of the game, the bits the bits that he's not bad at, and he can improve on, then he, then once he grows, he has a chance. Um, you know, he has a chance to develop into a player. So he, he gave he gave me the opportunity, but it was very difficult early on. I think lot you know, even the coaches who worked alongside my dad you know, thought that. It wasn't going to happen for me, um, you know. And I, I remember playing in the Eastern Counties League when I first joined Norwich. I left, I left Bournemouth, come 
and did the last two years of my apprenticeship at uh, Norwich. And I remember playing in the Eastern Counties League because we, we weren't... We tried to get in the what was the, uh, the, the South East Counties, which is a great league for the, for the youth teams in them days. And it was predominantly sort of London clubs. And Norwich couldn't get in there because of where they were located. So we had to play in the Eastern Counties League, Great Yarmouth, Lowestoft, playing against men. Yeah. And it was and it was our youth team and, and George Lee, bless his heart, used to take was taking the team and and I remember, you know, my dad said to me, he used to come on a Monday morning. We used to come in and and he'd say, how the team do, George, and tell him how the team. How, how did Kevin do? He said he never got a kick, <laughs> and and that was that was how it was for me for about a year. Right. It was it was sort of too much for me. But anyway, um, I ended up um, growing and developing and. Um, and hopefully as well improving and um and it was only yesterday funnily enough i don't know what uh, what brought it I there was some talk on the radio about somebody making their debut at aston villa a, a player and that was where i made um that was where i made more, my full debut as i played i'd come off the bench at the previous season i think at filbert street at, for, against leicester yeah. in the last 15 minutes of the game and I, I remember coming out we I believe we drew nil nil. I, I never actually touched the ball, <laughs> and uh, and I come off absolutely shattered. It was just like <laughs> men, the mental energy I'd <coughs> I'd used up, and it was. Um, but anyway, that was that. And the following season, I think I got my full debut at uh, at Villa Park. Um, unfortunately, it was the same day that um, Billy Steele had a really bad knee injury, which he which ultimately he never really fully recovered from. Right. Um, but that was the, that was the day that I made my debut, and it was a day I'll never forget. And that, well, then you sort of make your break through you ever present in seventy eight, seventy nine, and then and then that player of the season campaign in seventy yeah. nine, eighty. I mean, uh, if if anyone had sort of had uh, any doubts as to sort of your dad picking you and things like that, you, you very yeah. much won everyone over. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, you know that um, I was glad. As much as I was glad for myself, I was re- I was so glad for him yeah. really because. Um, and I justified any decisions that he'd made prior to that about um, about giving me opportunities. And um, it was a brilliant, um, I think if I remember right, it was a great season. I, I mean, I did take the penalties for the team at the time, but mm. if, if my memory serves me right, I think I got about 11 goals that yep, season. that's right, yeah. In, in what is today's top division. And it, and, um, it was... It was a really nice time. It was a really nice time to be involved at Norwich City. I really, I really do remember that. And it was... You know, it was a brilliant, brilliant, and um, you know, an absolutely um, probably my fondest memories in football. To be fair, I mean, you you still hear it from certainly from sort of my dad's generation and older. People still talk about the influence your dad had on the club and and the legacy that he left behind. That that must have made the all of you, all of the family, so proud. Yeah, re- really proud. I, I, I think um, you know the turnaround to bring. Uh, to bring Norwich City at the, in the in, in the forefront and and bring it a very current football club and uh, in in the new era, uh, you know, um, n- not being biased or maybe I'm being biased. I, I do I do think started when my father comes to the club. Mm. I, do, I do think I do think. I mean, Mick Dennis, who was the, the local newspaper reporter at the time, yeah, will tell you that will tell you the same. I believe that was his feeling. It was um, it all it all began. Um, under my father and you know under the stewardship of Sir Arthur South and what have you and it was um, yeah it was um, it was brilliant and 
and in fairness to the club, in fairness to the club, it, it, you know they've taken it on. They've had um, various managers and various people in charge who have who have done a great job in taking it on. And so then your, your sort of final season, that sounds like that was an interesting one. You, you started out as captain, then you end obviously the the managerial change with, with your dad going to Man City. Then you're yeah. at Seattle, and then you end up at, joining your dad up at, up at Manchester. So that that must have been yeah. an incredibly lively year. It was a lively year. It was it was it was difficult because it was difficult. My dad had gone to, to Man City, and I, and I, and I knew he was. I knew he would have, he would take me with him, but it was very. You know, unfortunately, a lot of these um, things all sort of end up a little bit acrimoniously, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't. It didn't. My dad's departure didn't end in the way that he would. He would have liked it to have ended. And and I think, of course, when you you take, if you, I I, I seem to remember when my father left Bournemouth and come to Norwich, he took like half a dozen players from Bournemouth and took them to Norwich. Who all had brilliant careers Tony Powell people like that Mel Machin people who had come from Norwich come from Bournemouth and, went. and I think what the people at Norwich didn't want is there was any great exodus of people going from Norwich to Manchester City and so that it was that was a delicate one and being who I was was quite delicate we were all doing reasonably okay at the time and purely by chance I had a I had an opportunity uh, through a really good friend John Ryan who obviously played at Norwich right. so you know, I'm very close to John, and I'd, I'd been to see him. He, he had two seasons in Seattle, and I'd been out for a holiday with him in Seattle, and so I'd got to know the, the football club actually a little bit. And Alan Hinton, the old Derby County player, who was a manager there, I knew, I knew him. Um, and when my father had left, and um, he, I know he wanted to take me to Manchester City, but it was going to be hugely difficult for me just to get transferred from Norwich hmm. to Manchester City. Um, and somebody suggested, why don't you go to Seattle and have a summer in Seattle? Um, and and then it really, it, it, it almost, the, the way it had been paved for me that when the season ended in Seattle, then I would automatically go to back to Manchester City. So in a roundabout way, I sort of got the move that it was a great move for me with all due respect to Norwich moving to what we thought was a better, bigger uh, opportunity for me at Manchester, but it, in it, you know, I had to go the long way around it via America. But that, <laughs> but that in itself was a was a fabulous experience as well, getting to play in America and and see large parts of it. So that that was nice also. Yeah, I remember interviewing Peter Sylvester a few years back. He went over there as well, didn't he? And he, he was telling about the time that he played against George Best and and things like that. Yeah. So that's good, probably yeah, quite... yeah. We did. I did. Um, remember playing against the likes of Carlos Alberto and you you know it was a World <laughs> Cup he was at the right at the back end of his career don't get me wrong but they, you know you had lots of there was lots of you know Rodney Mark lots of good players who had probably in them days just about seen their their best days but um you know going out to America so it, was, it was a wonderful experience for me um and um yeah so I, 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 obviously that was a as, as you say it was a a, a lively season yeah. um in in the end yeah, Seattle have got a great support nowadays as well, haven't they? I've seen a few of the, uh, yeah, it's one a few of the, of the videos. Yeah. yeah, I know that. You know, there's um, it go it goes good and bad in America. I, don't, I think they've sorted it out now, so it's, you, mm. you know, going forward is going to be great. But they've had periods where it was well supported and not. But Seattle is a bit of a, uh, a football um, in American terms hotbed, and even in the days when I was there in the NASL, I think NASL. Yeah, we used to get thirty thousand people in what was the kingdom in so it was a really well supported club it, 
I think there was Vancouver, which was just up the coast from there, and that was another sort of, in American terms, hotbed of football. So they were they were good franchises to be involved in. And you reminded me as well, actually, that I found a video when we were writing those features this summer of uh, when um, Kevin Reeves was sold to Manchester City. There's a great bit of yep. footage of Alpha Self and your your father and Kevin all all stood there, sort of just speaking openly about what's happening, and and sort of the tension in the room was amazing. I mean, if they did press conferences like that nowadays, it would be box yeah. office, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was, it was, um, and but you know, it was. I, th- I you know, there's no, I think there's no doubt about that. If my father had his time again, he would have, uh, with hindsight, he would never have left um, Norwich City. I mean, but but we all understand why you make you make the move because there is a perception that um, you know Ma- Manchester is, let's say, bigger and better, and and and, and maybe. Uh, maybe have opportunities to achieve more, um, but but in reality, it doesn't always work out like that. And and it, and perhaps it's only after after the event and when you've had time to really analyse it all that you really fully understand what um, what a great football club Norwich was. I mean, at Arthur South, I believe offered. I don't know whether he signed, but he may have signed. I'm not sure, but he offered my father a ten year contract. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it was you know they had a great relationship and uh, and what have you and he and he absolutely loved his loved his time there but I mean I you know I understand and I think probably in fairness most people would understand why if a club like Man City come calling why you'd be tempted to go but uh, in hindsight it'd have probably been better. Mm. Uh, staying where he was but anyway it, you know that's water under the bridge and you, you've obviously been back to Cairo loads of times throughout your, your coaching career yeah. and stuff and have you were you ever sort of offered the opportunity to come back at all I seem to remember you being linked with the managerial job on, on a couple of occasions no I, I, no, no, I, no I haven't um, uh, I haven't but I, um, you know I do go, I, I come back there for various reasons obviously for football matches I was back there last year for Duncan Forbes' funeral, bless mm, him. Yeah. And um and it is, you know, like it it's still to a light very much the the say it's been a long time since I've left there, but it's it's still very much the sort of same club and it has the same feel and it looks pretty much the same and it and um it would it would have been an opportunity if there was ever an opportunity, it would have been something that I would have loved to have gone back there in uh, in some coaching or managerial capacity to to work there because um, it was a club I enjoyed you know my playing time so much but it it wasn't to be but it is yeah I would have I would have loved that I really would have loved that. Welcome to the new normal. Hello and welcome to this series of unfinished with me Charles Thompson. Welcome to Weird Norfolk. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. From true crime to football, politics to folklore, for more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com forward slash channel forward slash Archant. Well, to, to, to throw it forward to, to Manchester City a little bit, that's that's an interesting one because clearly it's it's just almost a con- completely different club to, to the one that you joined for those few years. Um, yeah. How does that sort of feel as a former player? Did, can you still sort of feel the same connection when they're sort of, they're almost like, like the Harlem Globetrotters or something now, aren't they? Yeah, it is, it is very different now. Miles different. It's the same in name and one or two faces, believe it or not, are still... Around the football club, right. um, um, Bernard Halford, who was a secretary when I was there, who passed away very recently. Right. You see him every time, and and one or two people who work in the lounges there are still 
people from from my days in Man City. So there is that connection, but it it is a totally different football club. Obviously, the stadium is different, the training ground is different, the, and the you know the money is miles away from. So it is a very, very different, but it is, you know, so it, so it still is Manchester City and they're still close to my heart and I, and I, and I still wish them well uh, in, in the same, in, in absolutely the same way as, as I do, as I do Norwich, although not Norwich for different reasons. You probably, they were very instrumental in me in my early days. So I probably have a greater affection for them. Well, to bring it to uh, to sort of modern times, and how how impressed were you with the way they sort of regained the title and stuff un- under Pep last year? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, I, I I did worry for them early on in the season mm. because they, they got off to a difficult start last last year, and then they you know effectively come the end of the season, it's it smashed everyone up. I got I got a lot of time for you know some of the current modern coaches. I'm not um, I'm I'm not really mad about them and the, the, the football seems to be all about possession and, and, and I find it quite hard work watching some of the games with right. some of the coaches you know you, you'll know what I mean mm. I, find, I can find it quite hard work you know I think we are in the entertainment business and I just, you know I'd like, I'd like to see lots of shots and crosses and you know be entertained when I you know even though I'm, you're sort of directly involved in the game you still want to enjoy what you want and I find it a game of chess at times <laughs> But 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 I do you know I do enjoy watching Manchester City. I think Pep Guardiola is is you know currently the best out there, um, and I'd, and and in the in the end I think they just about smashed everyone up um, you know as the season progressed, um, and I probably think that they will do it again this season. Although although I think you know Man- Manchester United and certainly Chelsea are going to be an awful lot nearer to them than they were last year. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult. I'm not, I'm not totally surprised that they got off to a difficult start because, because I think that's quite likely to happen with Man City. They did it last year and I'm not totally surprised they did it this year. Mm. But, um, I, you know, I think over the course of the season, they'll come good. And I, I think whoever whoever manages to finish on top of them or, or in front of them will end up winning the league. But my money would still be on them. Obviously, a hundred million pounds on Grealish, isn't it? like from from a Norwich perspective, that is just unimaginable. But they're yeah. they're still talking about Harry Kane. Are you sort of in the camp that they do they do need to push the boat out and get Kane just to sort of really put the cherry on top of their squad? I think Kane would be a great signing for them. He's it's going to be an awful lot of money, and and I think what they do need is they need, they need a centre forward. Um, that that's what they do need. I, you know, I suppose the obvious one is is Harry Kane. But if it wasn't to be Harry Kane. Then I think they need to get another one from somewhere. They've lost Aguero, and they haven't got a recognised number nine up there at the moment. And I think they'll, you know, if you know that will be the bigger if they don't get another, if they don't replace him, then they're in grave danger of um, of tripping up this season. Even though they've spent a lot of money on Grealish, um, I think they 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 do need that focal point up the front. Um, so I think um, probably Kane's the man. But if it wasn't, I'm I'm, I'm sure somewhere. Somewhere knocking around in Europe, there'll be another centre uh, centre forward who'll fit the bill for them. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to spend 125 million, do you? I don't think so. <laughs> um, okay, and just finally, then to look at Norwich. Then I mean, obviously, you've got a vast amount of experience of the the thing that they're trying to achieve this season in in terms of surviving in the top flight. Yeah. Um, and they they had a pretty bruising time of it two seasons ago. Um, but particularly when you were alongside um, Harry Redknapp, you guys played some pretty decent football. You weren't sort of known for sort 
sort of real sort of no. hoofball or anything, were you? So no. I guess it, it, it no. can be done while still finding a bit of balance of, of, of attractive football. Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure the manager will have learned, um, uh, would have, will have learned and taken something and will, be, and will be better equipped this time round than he was two seasons ago when they when they got promotion. Mm. You know, you've, you've you've done well. You've you've got still got Puki. You've done you kept camp well. So you've got some big players, fantastic players for the football club at this moment in time. So I think their beliefs are not going to change whatsoever. They're still going to play the way they played. But I think they'll find a way of being slightly more resilient and not give up goals maybe quite as easy as they did. So, I, I, you know, there's no doubt about it. It will be difficult for them because because it just is. But I think they're going to make a much better fist of it than they did last time. And and, and my money is on, on them staying up this year. I don't, I don't think they'll go back down. Um, I, th- I, th- I think they'll, they'll do... I mean, they played Liverpool and, and I think the first half against Liverpool, they've done well, yeah. you know, but... Um, that those games are always going to be difficult. Um, I, th- I think they'll have enough to stay up this year. For those of you who were listening really carefully, you might just be able to hear about halfway through that interview when my cat decided to make an appearance and jumped up onto my desk to uh, try and get a bit of attention and was swiftly ushered out of the door but hopefully you couldn't hear that too much but yes i hope you enjoyed that uh, just a nice little bonus audio for you of, a, of an interview that we uh, thought had worked out nicely during this week of course we'll have loads building up to the game saturday afternoon 3 p.m can norwich upset the reigning champions again can lightning strike twice it seems unlikely but you never know and we will of course be all across it at pinkin.com and in the papers but for now thank you very much for listening and we will catch up with you very soon